Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. Sunday in Advent, and that's hard for us to wrap our heads around because many of us are already in Christmas Eve mode. But it's important for us to pause, even dial it back just a notch to the fourth Sunday in Advent. And why? Why bother? You know, we could just skip this already and go right on to singing Christmas carols, but there is value in the wait. And as Paul was writing to the church in Corinth, and Paul had to write to the church in Corinth a lot. They were not patient people, and sometimes they weren't very loving people to each other. And Paul would write to them and encourage them to remember the bond by which they have been formed and held, and that is through love. Now, I've done quite a number of weddings, and this has become the pinnacle of the wedding scripture, it seems. We'll read this. I hate to tell brides and grooms, but this is not about romantic love. This is not about that. This is about the kind of love that people who are called to live together in community, who are not bound by romantic love, that are not bound by familial obligations, that are not bound by friendship, have to live by. This is about a kind of love that will help us to go on to perfection in love. It's the kind of love that edifies and encourages. It lets us say that we can be together even though we are drastically different people. And when you're in a church and you look around and you realize that there are people of all ages and races, there are people of all genders, there are people from all walks of life, you realize that there is something that binds us together. And yes, it is absolutely Jesus Christ, but what allows that to continue is love. And that's a crazy concept in this world. Now, there are organizations where you're bound by paying your membership dues. There are organizations in the world where you're bound by contractual obligation. There are many ways in which people can be held together. But in the church, it's about literally being knitted together through love. And today, We pause and we wait to remember that. Just as I was telling the children about hospitality a moment ago, waiting allows us to practice hospitality. And we are waiting. The season of Advent isn't just about getting everything ready and decorating for Christmas. In the church, the season of Advent is us practicing the arrival of Christ's return. It's about linking not only his birth, but also his second coming. And so we are practicing, we are growing, we are deepening our spiritual disciplines. We are experiencing what it means to wait with hope and joy. Now, I don't know about you, but I can definitely tell you that my biggest problem is patience. Waiting is not one of those things I like. I don't like waiting. That's why I have Amazon Prime. I don't like waiting for parking spaces. I don't like waiting in line to check out. I don't like having to wait on the highway. I don't even really like stoplights, but I follow them. Instead, I like being able to find what I want, 
click and buy it. You can ask Clifton. I like that very much. I like not having to wait because I have things to do. And if I'm waiting, then I'm not getting things done. And I could be doing things. I could be going places. I could be seeing people. And so I like to have things on the move. I like things fluid. So what is all this waiting about? Why should we have to wait? Why can't it just be right now? I, and I remember growing up as a kid, waking up at 3 a.m. Y'all have fun with that tomorrow. And thinking, come on, mom, let's go, let's go. And getting my parents up, my parents would be like, just give us two seconds. And you're like, you said that an hour ago. Because we were so ready. And so learning to wait is something that we have to work at. But it's worth it. Because in the wait, there is joy to be found. In the wait, there is this building up of expectation. Because we know what's coming. We know who is coming. And we're excited about that. We're excited. Now I'm at the point in my life where it's not so much opening up my presence, but watching other people open up theirs. It's about seeing people erupt with joy and surprise. And that is what waiting has taught me. That there is something beautiful about experiencing the joy of others. I had this great idea that um, one, of the, one of my habits as a pastor is that every year I try to focus on one or two groups in the church that have been really giving of their time and, and their talents and give them a little gift and go and deliver that to them. Well, this year, because of all the changes and all the hard work they've put in, I decided to focus on our children's worship volunteers, and there are 25 of them, 25 of them. So we donated an entire sheep in their honor from Heifer, Heifer International, and we got all these little lamb figurines, and we wrapped them all up, and we put them all together to saying, you know, we have donated a sheep in your honor because you care for our lambs. And then I thought, all right, 25 visits. This sounds fun. And so I started driving around last week, and I started going to see people, and sometimes you all answered your doors, and sometimes you didn't, and that's fine. And then I had this really incredible encounter, time and time again, where I would go to see people, and they would be so happy I was there. And I would think to myself, it's really wonderful to be loved. It is really wonderful to have hospitality where people are excited to see you. It's really a beautiful thing to go somewhere and think you're going to bless somebody and then to be blessed instead. That's what this is about. It's about discovering that just when we think we've got it all figured out, that we have reached the pinnacle of our maturing spirituality, that God surprises us yet again with another lesson, another encounter, another experience that lets us know that there is even more joy to this Christian thing. Can there really be more? Absolutely. We are not done. We are only getting started here. We got things to do. And I remember going all the way out to Stewart's Draft. And you know what I'm thinking while I'm going to Stewart's Draft? I'm thinking, we have a household in our church that comes this far to church. And I'm thinking about this going, there's a lot of options here where this family could go, and yet they come here. And I remember saying that to them. And their response was, well, I grew up in Crozet. I grew up in that church when that was the sanctuary. I grew up here, and, you know, this is, this is my family. And I'm thinking, that's quite a testimony 
that somebody would come from Stewart's Draft. Do you know what it takes to get me into Stewart's Draft? A long, it takes me, it takes a lot of like pep talk. Like I've pepped myself up to get over there. Over the mountain, as y'all say. Over the mountain. It used to be through a tunnel. I'll take a mountain any day. So when you think about the kind of commitment and the love that someone has to do that, I was absolutely touched. And I thought that they come here. Now, if it was just about Jesus, there are lots of places they could go. But they come here because it's about Jesus and you. It's about experiencing the risen Lord and Savior in people like you. And so when Paul says to Corinth, love is patient and it is kind. It is not arrogant, boastful, or rude. He's talking about us. We must be patient people, patient with one another, patient in circumstances, patient in the waiting. And we have to be kind about it. We have to embrace one another and be willing to share seats. That's easy for me to say. I don't have to share a seat with you. But yet, there is something about sharing space with somebody on a holy day. There is something profound about that. And so when I was doing these visits, more often than I was surprised, I thought I was going to do, you know, kind of like drop and dash, like Merry Christmas and leave. People would say, come in, come in. And I would see your homes and I would see where you, the neighborhoods where you live. And I was amazed to, you know, to get that glimpse inside, inside your lives. And it was a beautiful thing. And I came away with such a deep appreciation for who you are and what you go through just to come here and to be a part of this incredible, miraculous gathering. And so there are people who are very busy today with secular busyness, people who are doing that. But you have taken time today to come here on the Lord's Day and be focused and present and available for the movement of the Holy Spirit because... In some way, somehow, in the fibers of your being, you know that this is what God would want. This is what is important. And so you are here. And you are setting the stage. We often don't realize that everything we do impacts other people. And we talk about connectionalism in the church of, of United Methodism, but there's a connectedness in Christianity. There is this incredible invisible thread that's weaving us all together and your presence here is going to set the tone for worship for the rest of the day and that's important because people who do not normally come to this church people who may not normally even go to a church at all are going to find their way here today and because of your presence and your participation you are going to change the way that we lead worship for the rest of the day. You are going to help us to be better because you are here. Now, you may be thinking, oh, that's just, that's just garbage. No, I'm an extrovert. You have changed the way this day is going. Your very presence, your energy, your smiles, your greetings, all of that is building up something wonderful. And later on, when children come in here, and after that, when families and households come here, 
you will have set the spirit for Christmas Eve. And that is a gift to those who need to encounter radical hospitality, profound kindness and love, and people who, for whatever reason, need to see Jesus today. And you have played a part in that. The success of this congregation is not about one person. It is about all of us. It takes all of us to manifest Jesus Christ. And if just one of us is missing, then it is tangible. It is felt. We have not reached our full potential. We have not fully connected with everyone. Instead, it's like there's this flat note to our harmony. But because of commitment, because of whatever it is in each and every one of us that brings us here, we are able to be more together than we ever would alone. And so Paul tells us, this is what we're called to. We are called to live together in community. And that means sacrifice. Some of you are going to sacrifice your eardrums in a little bit. You're welcome. I wish you could have seen their faces when they found out how loud that was. I honestly, one of them turned the color of the carpet. It's a beautiful thing. Because to be able to be yourself in church is a gift. And time and time again, this church has allowed children to be children. Time and time again, Sunday after Sunday, special service after special service, you have let people come here and be themselves. And whether that means walking around in the middle of the service because you have medical reasons why that needs to be done, whether that means tolerating people not being able to control their speech because they just have to talk to their parent, or whether that means letting people express their religious traditions, which might not quite be yours, you have allowed people to be authentic. And that is a gift that this world denies us every single day. How often do you restrain yourself because you think that if I fully let everyone know how I feel or what's going on, that it will be held against me, people will punish me, but here you can be you. Here you are in the presence not only of God who knows everything about you, but you are in the presence of people that will grant you grace. You are here with those who know that we are not perfect, that we too make mistakes. But it's okay to be who you are here. And every single one of us needs a safe sanctuary to be ourselves. And so we make adjustments in and how we do things to make sure that all of those children, every last one of them, will know in their memory banks, in their experience, they will know that there is a place where they belong. And they belong with Jesus Christ. And you are the way in which God manifests Jesus Christ for them. It would be great if we came in and this burning ball just suddenly appeared and we all knew that Christ was in our midst. It would make my job a lot easier. 
But instead, Christ is in the person who scoots over to make room on the pew for the person that doesn't have a family to sit with. Christ is in the greeter who gives up some of their time to be fully engaged in worship, to greet the person that was having trouble finding parking, that doesn't know exactly where everything is, and still smiles and welcomes them in. Jesus Christ is in the person that takes time to get up and cross the aisle and say hello to someone that they haven't seen for a while and let them know how much they've been missed. Jesus Christ is in us because Christ knows that while you can come and you can make the big entrance, while you can have all the glitter and the glitz, while you can do all of these things, it's in those little encounters that hearts are changed. In those tiny moments where we see the face of God in another human being and we know that we have been seen. Those are the gifts of the body of Christ. And Paul would have been completely justified if you've read all of 1 and 2 Corinthians of just washing his hands of Corinth. They were a nightmare to deal with. A complete, utter hot mess of biblical proportions. And yet, time and time again, Paul refused to turn his back on them. He was busy planting churches that were thriving, that were successful. Philippians, Thessalonica, there were so many places that were getting it right, and he could have turned his attention there. But instead, he kept coming back because something in his heart loved the people of Corinth. And so the next time you're sitting in church or you're around the community and you're thinking to yourself, I cannot stand this person, God help me, remember, remember that they are Corinth in Jesus Christ. They need your hospitality. They need your grace. They need your love. They need your kindness. Because in those moments when we who can be the embodiment of Jesus Christ, can look at someone and go, stop it! That's not the response that Christ had. That is not the way we have been called to live. We are called to be people that say, what is going on? What is going on? Can I help you? What is it that you need? You seem really distressed. Because stop it is easy relationship is hard and in the waiting god is teaching us how to build relationship be hospitable and wait with great expectation together so may it be so in the name of the father son and holy spirit amen thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast we hope you found the message meaningful and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.